This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, 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 how y'all living, Destination Debbie fam? Welcome back. This is the Destination Debbie podcast. It's been a minute. It's been a couple of weeks since I dropped episode 52. This is episode 53, and this is a show that I've been thinking about for a very, very long time, and I am excited. I am interested for the feedback because I think this is a show. This is a topic that we can talk about and will talk about for the foreseeable future, because the implications stretch far beyond the college football landscape. There are major, major fantasy and dynasty implications from the players that are on this team that entered the 2020 NFL draft, as well as players who will be entering the draft in 2021 and defensively in particular, 2022. So without further ado, drop the intro. When we look back and think about some of the greatest teams to ever step on a college football field, there's guaranteed to be debate. Whether you're a USC Trojans fan and you go back to 2003 with Reggie Bush, Lindell White, Mike Williams, and Matt Leinart, Pete Carroll assembled an absolutely stacked team. Go back a little further to 1995 with Tommy Frazier, Amon Green, and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That team averaged over 50 points a game while only giving up just 15. And then the Miami Hurricanes, which some consider the greatest team of all time in 2001. The defense littered with Hall of Fame and Pro Bowl caliber players. But make no mistake about it, when we look back at the 2019 season and think about the LSU Tigers, led by Ed Ogeron and Joe Burrow, there is no doubt that offensively, that was the greatest team that we ever saw play. You name an award, an accolade, or an accomplishment, and Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Joe Burrow accomplished it, as well as being the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Caleb on Chason, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Queen, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire rounded out the first round for the LSU Tigers. They had nine additional players drafted, with six others signing as undrafted free agents. What we saw from the Bayou Bengals in 2019 was absolutely astonishing. But for fantasy and dynasty purposes, we have to decide if these collection of players were just at the right place, at the right time, with the right coach, are all these talents individually so special that we have to have them as a part of our dynasty rosters. We're going to have a conversation and take a look at the 2019 LSU Tigers. Now, we aren't here 
to just talk about what they did during the college season as it pertains to college football, right? They won the national championship. The 2019 LSU Tigers won it. They took it all, 15-0, and 0, without a doubt, the greatest college football season I think that we have ever seen, especially on the offensive side of the ball. There's no doubt about that. But let's, let's peel back the layers just a little bit, and I'm going to give you my overall thought, just very general feeling about the players on the team, about how we're valuing those individuals for fantasy and dynasty purposes. I think Joe Burrow is legit. Joe Burrow's legit. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is legit. I think Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I love Terrace Marshall. I think all the players are very, very good players. But I pose the question and I ask you, do you think that there's a chance, a chance that all the production numbers, the stats, the numbers, the accolades, maybe, maybe it was more of a product of Joe Brady and that offensive scheme over the individual collective talent of those players. Again, I am not taking anything away from the players, and I truly and honestly don't know what side of the fence I lie on. Because when I watch Joe Burrow, I see him throw with anticipation. When I watch Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I see the lateral agility. I see how special he is in space. I, I see how he makes defenders miss. When you watch Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, there's no doubt that you're watching special talents at the wide receiver position. But when you look back at what they did in 2018 versus what happened in 2019, it's it's almost unfathomable how much better they improved. It is it is truly astonishing. It's It still blows my mind when I sit here and I think, Joe Burrow really had 60 touchdown passes. <laughs> I, 60 TD passes and was pushing 6,000 passing yards, 60 touchdown passes to only six interceptions, pushing 6,000 yards. That is of all the great quarterbacks that we've seen come through college football. Nobody had ever done. They had two wide receivers go for over 1,500 yards, a running back rush for over 1,400 yards, and their third leading receiver in tight end were also extremely productive. Two wide receivers over 18 to 18 touchdowns uh, receptions or more. I mean, everybody across the board offensively not only achieved, they went above and beyond. And it only, it, it only makes sense to ask the question, was that team system or talent? Talent or system? Now, the easy answer is it's a bit of both, right? It was a great system that fit with great players. Yes, that is the correct answer. I think there's only one answer, and that is that. But when we're talking about dynasty and fantasy football, how much are we valuing what they did in 2019 versus 2018 compared to players that we know have proven production stats at the next level? So let's look at, let's, let's just start at the top and talk about the team collectively, you know? During the 2019 season, LSU beat teams that were ranked number two, four, six, and eight in the country. They also beat teams that were ranked seven, 14, 25, and 26. Uh, so you cannot take away that they were out there doing work, that they were putting down good teams. It wasn't like they just ran through a weak conference, made it to the national championship, and won that game. They, they, they competed and played in the toughest conference in college football, and they defeated teams who were ranked in the top 10, the top 25, and they went through it unblemished. When you look at the coaches, right, Joe Brady comes in from the New Orleans Saints. He served as, a, as an offensive coach there. He wasn't a coordinator. 
think he was a, a passing down coordinator or uh, some offensive position coach coordinator was Joe Brady. This young Joe, Joe Brady's younger than me. I'm, I'm doing life wrong because Joe Brady is a 30 year old offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers now. But it, it's interesting when you hear players talk about Joe Brady and what he did and what he's going to do at the next level. So these are direct quotes. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is Joe Brady? What is Joe Brady about? Edwards-Hilaire says, getting playmakers in space. The athletes they have, Carolina Panthers, it's going to be pretty fun to watch. Getting their playmakers in space, it seems like all offensive coordinators and coaches, that should be the resounding philosophy, right? Although we do see coaches try to fit square picks in their round hole. Didn't come off right, but you get what I'm saying. You know, one of the things that Joe Brady did was the formations that he used. And Brady used formations in which receivers run in bunch or snug formations to create mismatches. They ran a multitude of routes off of that based off of defensive formations. There are times when you watch the team, Jamar Chase was lined up in the backfield as the running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the slot receiver to a trips formation side. They'd motion Edwards-Hilaire across the field. They'd take Jamar Chase, run him. On a, I mean. It was just the creativity. He was playing chess, chess while the rest of the SEC were playing checkers. You know, he, he runs this mix of RPO, zone read. He was a graduate assistant at Penn State, a tight ends coach at William & Mary, and then he was the uh, offensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints. Joe Brady himself said at his press conference when he was introduced as the offensive coordinator, our system is going to be what our players do best. Our system is going to be what our players do best. So for fantasy and dynasty purposes, you should be excited about Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and Ian Thomas. And of course, it goes without saying, Christian McCaffrey. Now, let's move on from the coach to the players. And let's talk about the LSU team as, as, as in total, in entirety, in 2018. So in 2018, the LSU offense, they averaged 29 pass attempts per game, 228 yards, 1.3 touchdowns per game passing. That's Joe Burrow. They ran the ball 43 times a game for 173 yards and about two touchdowns a game, 72 plays, 402 total yards a game. That was their average in 2018. Not bad. Joe Burrow, 379 pass attempts, 57.8% completion percentage. He averaged 7.6 yards per pass attempt, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, added 399 yards on the ground and seven TDs. Now, Clyde Edwards, he all right, he was second on his team in rushing in 2018. The leading rusher, Nick Bursette, I don't know where he's at right now, but Edwards, he ran the ball 146 times, 658 yards and seven TDs. He also caught 11 passes for 96 yards, no touchdowns. Justin Jefferson. All right. Justin Jefferson was a lowly rated two, three star prospect out of high school, probably only got an offer from LSU because both of his brothers played there at one point in time. But he, he wasn't bad in, in his in 2018. OK, he led the team in receptions, was first in receiving yards, first in receiving touchdowns. He had 54 receptions, 875 yards, six touchdowns. OK, so not bad, Justin Jefferson. We, it's respectable numbers for a true sophomore who did absolutely nothing as a freshman. Jamar Chase, 23 receptions, 331 yards, three TDs, right? What's interesting about Jamar Chase is I'm in multiple. I'm, this is a Debbie show, Debbie podcast, Debbie YouTube channel. I play in about six or seven Debbie leagues. 
And I'll tell you right now, Jamar Chase was either undrafted or went in the last round nine times out of 10. He wasn't a first round pick, wasn't a second round pick. Damn it, was going undrafted. Did really nothing as a sophomore, uh, as a true freshman. Thad Moss didn't play, had transferred from North Carolina State, had to sit out, all this other stuff. All right, so that is, that is the core of the people that we're talking about offensively, right? Decent numbers, I guess, of everybody that we listed. Justin Jefferson showed the most promise, but yet he still wasn't being picked in Debbie Leagues. Nobody wanted Justin Jefferson. Nobody was talking about him being a first-round pick in the NFL draft. But out goes the old offensive coordinator, and in comes Joe Brady. In comes Joe Brady. And what happens in 2019 is truly still, I keep using the word astonishing, because it, there are no other words to describe the improvement, the, the vast improvement, the astronomical improvement of the 2019 national champion LSU Tigers. So in 2019, 37.8 pass attempts per game for 401 yards and four TDs. All right, so let's think back to 2018. They averaged 402 yards total per game. And in 2019, they averaged 402 passing yards. We haven't even gotten to the running, right? So their pass volume is up. They're, 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 they're throwing the ball eight times more than they did, or seven times more. I'm horrible at seven times more. 37 and 29, I don't fucking know, nine times more. They're throwing the ball more in 2019 for more yards, more touchdowns. They're running the ball a little bit less, right? They're, they're running the ball about 10 fewer times per game, 33.9 rush attempts per game, 167 yards, two TDs. Still the same amount of plays, 71.7 plays per game. But here's the kicker. They go from 402 yards per game to 568 yards per game. Joe Burrow, his uptick in passing, up 148 passes in 2019 to 527. 527 pass attempts opposed to 379. He had more completions in 2019 than he had pass attempts in 2018. 472.3% completion percentage for 5,671 yards, averaging 10.8 yards per attempt. 60 touchdowns and six interceptions. And then, oh, by the way, because he's athletic and he can move around, he chipped in another 368 rushing yards and five TDs. That's your Heisman Trophy winning first round pick quarterback. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good improvement, right? Goes from somebody who was potentially an undrafted player to the number one or, or a late, let's just say a late a developmental quarterback prospect who couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins, who had to transfer from Ohio State to winning the Heisman Trophy when he wasn't even considered the best quarterback in the SEC coming into 2019. We all know who that is, plays in Tuscaloosa or played in Tuscaloosa. But let's move on to the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So now he's, he's the guy. And going into 2019, we all thought that John Emery Jr., who was going in late first, early second round of Debbie startup drafts, was going to be the, the starting running back before midseason. I even said that. I said that John Emery Jr. will take seize of this backfield, will seize a hold of this backfield and be the starter. I was wrong, wrong, wrong wrong. Jamar Chase, I mean, uh, Clyde edwards 215 carries for 1414, 1414 yards, which was the third highest yardage total in LSU history. He had 16 touchdowns on the ground, added 55 receptions for 453 yards and one TD. Single season record. So Joe Burrow, all his passing stuff, 
records. Okay. Everything. Record, record, record. Touchdown, completion percentage, QB, record, 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 Joe Burrow, record, record, Clyde Edwards Elaire. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, who had a good 2018 season, good, respectable numbers in 2018. He just went on to do uh, 111 receptions, which was an LSU record and an SEC record of all the wide receivers that played in the SEC. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, and the list goes on and on. Record. Justin Jefferson. He's the first wide receiver in the history of the LSU Tigers to break 100 receptions in a season. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Dwayne Bowe, uh, Ruben Randall, all, none of them. None of them cracked 100 receptions. Justin Jefferson did that while dropping 1,540 yards and 18 TDs, which is second in LSU history, only to his teammate, Jamar Chase, who had 20. Ridiculous. Get on to Jamar Chase. This Jamar Chase guy. He's not even in the 2020 draft. He's 2021. 84 receptions. So, yeah, okay, 84 receptions. 1,780 yards. SEC record, LSU record, 20 TDs, record, 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 record. Record for Chase, record for Jefferson, record for Edwards Elaire, records for Joe Burrow. <sighs> Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards Elaire, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase became the first quart, quart, what is for quartet quartet players in SEC history that had a 5,000 yard passer, a thousand yard rushers, and two fifteen and two one thousand yard receivers in the season. More records and accolades and records and accolades. What they did, I, I love, love, love college football. I feel like when I was watching Eric Crouch, I was seeing things that I'd never seen before. Michael Vick, Peter Warwick, like I said, Reggie Bush in that USC team. Miami Hurricanes with Ed Reed when he was returning interception returns for touchdowns. Ron Dane running through defenses. Tim Tebow, Johnny Football. Some great players in college football history. Great players. None of them, none of them did what these guys did in 2019. This was truly, we may never see in our lifetime a team as dominant as this LSU team in a conference as competitive as the SEC again. This truly could be a once in a lifetime type situation that we witnessed. And I'm asking the question. Is that outlier or should that be considered status quo because they're that good? I think it's a fair question. It may be a question that people don't want to answer or you want to overlook because you love some of these players. You know, they, they made so many plays. They look so fluid. And that is not taking anything away from any one of these guys individually. You subscribe to this channel. You check out the podcast. You know, I love Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and CEH. And I'm a fan of Joe Burrow in his game. But to not ask the question, was it Brady, Burrow? Was, were the stars just aligned? It's, it's an interesting case study that we're not going to have the answer to until a couple of years from now. Let's see what Joe Brady does with Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Let's see how Joe Burrow does with T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and Zach Taylor and the Bengals. Let's see how Justin Jefferson performs with the Vikings. Let's see how Jamar Chase does this year with Miles Brennan at quarterback. But we can't deny and take away the fact that this team in 2019 was something that nobody saw coming. Nobody. And for dynasty purposes, here is the ripple effect 
to the 2019 season. Joe Burrow, according to DLF, startup ADP, not rookie drafts. This is dynasty startup ADP, single quarterback, mind you. Not even, we're not even going into super flex, single quarterback, startup ADP. Joe Burrow is currently the quarterback seven, the quarterback seven. I don't even have it pulled up. I can probably name the six guys ahead of him. Uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. And I don't really know who the six is. Russell Wilson, excuse me. Those are the six quarterbacks going ahead of Joe Burrow. He's ahead, directly ahead of Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, and a couple of slots down the line, Daniel Jones. Is that aggressive? Is that egregious or is it just right? Is he that good? That's where he should be going. Right after Russell Wilson, you take Joe Burrow. Quarterback seven in dynasty without ever taking a snap in the NFL. Clyde Edwards-Elair, right now, dynasty startup, not rookie draft, dynasty startups. He is coming off of the board as running back seven. He's seventh ranked running back in dynasty. Over players, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry. I love CEH. I think he landed in a home run spot that we can only dream of. But man, if you're telling me I can have Nick Chubb or CEH one for one, which player would I want? I'm going Nick Chubb. I'm going Nick Chubb. I may be off. I may be wrong, but I'm going Nick Chubb. Justin Jefferson is coming off the board as the wide receiver 26. He's been selected as high as wide receiver 22. I don't think that's ill-placed, right? Going ahead of players, Tyler Lockett, Hollywood Brown, Robert Woods. I can see that. There's, I feel that's fair. Nothing egregious about that. I'd, I'd prefer Justin Jefferson to all of those guys that I just named. And then that leads me to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is being considered a generational prospect at wide receiver. I've never used those words. I did have him as uh, my wide receiver one in the 2021 class, but I have nothing else to do during the quarantine besides grind tape, and I know a lot of people hate that, but I like watching football. I I enjoy watching formations and players succeed and fail and different traits, and he's not my wide receiver one in the 2021 class, nor is he my wide receiver two. He's my third-ranked wide receiver in the 2021 class. He is a tier one blue chip prospect for sure. And that's what's most important. You know, I I, I preach and I talk about the ranking isn't as important as the tier for me. I'll rank inside the tier. My top three, my my top three wide receivers are all tier one players. Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, and Jamar Chase. But to consider him the best prospect that we've seen since Julio Jones, I don't think so. And we are due regression this season with everybody gone. There's, there's no way on earth Jamar Chase is going to replicate what he did in 2019, and that's fine. I mean, it was an outlier season, so we shouldn't expect another 1,800 receiving yards in 20 TDs. That doesn't diminish how talented and how good Jamar Chase is. I just think we all need to breathe and just think about the possibility that. Joe Brady's offense and his creativity and his ability, as we talked about at the top of the show, to get his players in space, to put them in situations to succeed. Maybe he just came in and put those players in the right positions, on the right seats of that bus, that energy bus, 
with Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow at the end of 2018, he started he started to pick it up a little bit, but not to the point that we thought he was going to win the Heisman Trophy and be the number one overall pick. I think Joe Burrow is great. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is great. I think Justin Jefferson's great. I think Jamar Chase is great. I just want to spark and start a conversation and a dialogue. And I think if you sit back and you're objective about the situation and the players, we can have a good spirited conversation, regardless of what side of the coin you fall on, about the 2019 Tigers, that team, and the perspectives, prospectus of those players for fantasy and dynasty purposes moving forward. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you drafted those players. I hope you're excited about Jamar Chase in 2020. I hope you subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast. And I hope you're subscribed to the Destination Devi YouTube channel where we are here to help you Debbie and Dynasty better. Till next time, peace.